the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. So happy to have you with us, border to border, coast to coast, across the Fruited Plain. And we have a lot going on. At this very moment, committee hearings are underway on the weaponization of the federal government, and we're going to have some jaw-dropping audio to bring to you uh, within the next hour or so as the committee uh, continues. But you need to understand that Democrats are now demanding that journalists reveal their sources in the in the Twitter story. Uh, Matt, Matt Taibbi is testifying up on Capitol Hill, and uh, we're going to be playing some audio there. Unbelievable what the Democrats are doing. And when you see the weaponization of our federal government, it is mind-boggling. But I want to start out today with a story that we briefly mentioned. This all happened in the last five, ten minutes of yesterday's show. When hearings uh, were underway on Capitol Hill about the aftermath and the botched evacuation of Kabul in Afghanistan. You know the story by now. You have Joe Biden ordering Americans out of Afghanistan. There was there was no preparation, no organization. A suicide bomber killed 13 of our troops outside the Kabul airport. It was one of the most horrific scenes that reminded many people of the the final days before the fall of Saigon. And all of the, the Americans climbing the ladders to the rooftop of the embassy, hoping to get on board a helicopter so they could be evacuated out. And we saw those scenes played out over and over and over again on our TV screens just a couple of years ago. And then yesterday, for the first time, we're actually having hearings on what happened. And uh, folks, I, I, when you hear this audio, you will be just as, as livid as I am that this administration left soldiers to die in Afghanistan. They left our allies to die in Afghanistan. And because of their actions, many brave American heroes came home with the most unbelievably horrific injuries. So yesterday on Capitol Hill, a young man, a Marine Corps sniper, Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews, testified, and his testimony was incredibly riveting. And we're going to play this for you. He was severely wounded in the suicide bomb attack, 
And you're going to be hearing him. By the way, he lost an arm and a leg. His body riddled with shrapnel. You're going to hear him testify that he was given orders to stand down. They were they would have had the opportunity to take out the suicide bomber, but they were ordered by Biden's Pentagon to stand down. Let's take a listen to the testimony of Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an ID attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. I requested engagement authority while my team leader was ready on the M110 semi-automatic sniper system. The response, leadership did not have the engagement authority for us. Do not engage. I requested for the battalion commander, Lieutenant Colonel Brad Whited, to come to the tower to see what we did. While we waited for him, psychological operations individuals came to our tower immediately and confirmed the suspect met the suicide bomber description. He eventually arrived, and we showed him our evidence, the photos we had of the two men. We reassured him of the ease of fire on the suicide bomber. Pointedly, we asked him for engagement authority and permission. We asked him if we could shoot. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Our expertise was disregarded. No one was held accountable for our safety. About 1730, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, friend and mentor, came to get me from the tower to go help find an Afghan interpreter in the crowd. We found the interpreter and his brother, born with American passports. They told us, five, told us of five family members still in the canal. I stayed there waiting for the family members standing against a two-foot canal wall. Ten minutes passed. <clears throat> then a flash <clears throat> and a massive wave of pressure. I'm thrown 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. A crowd of hundreds immediately vanished in front of me, and my body was catastrophically wounded with 100 to 150 ball bearings now in it. <clears throat> Almost immediately, we started taking fire from the neighborhood, and I saw how injured I was with my right arm, completely shredded and unusable. I saw my lower abdomen soaked in blood. I crawled backwards seven feet, roughly seven feet because I thought I was still in harm's way. My body was overwhelmed from the trauma of the blast. My abdomen had been ripped open. Every inch of my exposed body, except for my face, took ball bearings and shrapnel. <clears throat> And that's just a portion of this of this young man's testimony. Absolutely horrifying uh, what this young man went through. And yet, as we know from his testimony, they were told to stand down. They had the opportunity to to get the the bomber before the bomber detonated his device, and yet they were told to stand down. And it reminded me as I was listening to this this young man's testimony. It reminded me of what happened in Benghazi. I remember watching the movie, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. And if you've seen this movie, maybe it was just me, but every minute that went by in this movie, I became more and more angry at at the Obama administration, at the government, at Hillary Clinton. And I know Hillary sat before the committee and told America, what difference? Do, what difference does it make? Well, it makes a difference because Americans died on foreign soil. It makes a difference because the Americans didn't have to die had it not been for the hubris of the Obama administration and now the Biden administration. It matters, and it still matters, because we now know that the lives in Benghazi could have all been saved. Had the Obama administration just answered the phone? Had the Obama administration just given the okay for our troops to go in there and rescue those Americans? But they didn't do it. They did not do it. 
Now, ultimately, what is this hearing going to accomplish? I don't know. I'm glad the story's getting out of what happened in Afghanistan, but quite frankly, heads ought to roll at the Pentagon. Because once again, the failed policies of Democrats have led to the deaths of American troops. And the reality here, folks, and I, and I just hate to be the, this blunt about it, but the Democrats just don't care about our fighting men and women. They don't care. When push comes to shove, they would rather not offend the Taliban. That's, that was the whole point of Afghanistan. They just wanted to get out. It didn't matter if it was safe. It didn't matter if it was the right thing to do. It didn't matter if it was prudent. They just wanted to follow the will of the Taliban. And if it meant American troops dying in the process, well, so be it. That is the thinking. That is the mindset of the American Democrat, the leftist on Capitol Hill. And I know that's harsh, but that's just the reality. And if you think it was cold what Joe Biden did, go back to Benghazi, where they literally, literally told the troops to stand down in the nearby annex, the CIA base. And they told that they could see the flames and the smoke, and they could hear the gunfire. And yet they were told to stand down by the government. In other words, they sacrificed American lives. And for what reason? And for what reason? So we're going to play more of the testimony coming out of of that hearing yesterday. Also, we are we're going to be playing audio from the weaponization committee. As a matter of fact, I want to go back to um, let's see here. Let's go to cut number thirteen. This is Lieutenant Colonel David Scott Mann, and he's weighing in on what happened in Afghanistan. This whole thing has been a gutting experience. I never imagined I would witness the kind of gross abandonment followed by career-preserving silence of senior leaders, military, and civilian. As a result of the way that we've left Afghanistan, we're on the front end of a national security crisis as 27 violent extremist groups are now operating on former NATO security bases with Taliban top cover. And I think we're on the front end of a mental health tsunami as 73% of our Afghan war veterans say they feel betrayed by how this war ended. Calls to the VA hotline have spiked 81% in the first year since the Afghan withdrawal, and they keep coming. And I want to go back to, to Sergeant Vargas Andrews for just a moment. His, his final thoughts as, as he was testifying, cut number 14. Our military members and veterans deserve our best because that is what we give to America. The withdrawal, <clears throat> the withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion. And there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. Should they be? Do you demand justice here, ladies and gentlemen? That attack was the single deadliest day for U.S. forces in the entire Afghanistan war. Let that sink in. Biden had not been in office that long, and within a matter of one day, one day we lost more troops on that one day than any other time during the Afghanistan war. Do you believe that Biden Pentagon has betrayed our fighting men and women? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844 747 8868. Got to take a break. We'll be right back. 
The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA, you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, folks, welcome back. Good to have you with us today. By the way, I um, I was talking to Tucker Carlson earlier today, and man, they are they are coming after this guy. There is a huge target on on Tucker's back, and we could spend eight hours today talking about uh, Tucker and the the attacks that are being directed on him, not just from Democrats on Capitol Hill, but also from within Fox News Channel. Now, I want to say this about Fox. The the CEO, the chief executive officer, Suzanne Scott, a good friend, and she is a rock-solid conservative, and she gets it. She understands the Fox agenda, the, the challenges that a lot of the other people there do not, and overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the rank and file at Fox News Channel are raging liberals. You just have to trust me on this one. They're hiring a lot of these kids from the far-left journalism schools, also the National Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender Journalism Association. They have a direct pipeline into Fox News, and therefore a lot of the underlings, a lot of the staff, yeah, they're, um, they're, they're off the reservation. And so that's why Tucker's coming under attack from from within his his own network. And I don't think that they're going to touch Tucker. I don't think they can. I think that would actually implode the whole the whole network. Now the question is who's going to pay for what's what's happened with this Dominion lawsuit? Are they going to go after Hannity? Are they going to go after Ingram? Maybe, but I don't think they can go after Tucker anyway. Tucker says he's in great spirits. And, and he says, look, these people are liars. And I don't think any of this bothers him one bit. And my question to you, do you stand by Tucker Carlson? Do you stand by these videos? I'm with Senator Ted Cruz. I think that I think McCarthy made a mistake. I think McCarthy should have not only released the videos to Tucker Carlson, he should have released them to the entire public. Just go ahead and put it out there so nobody can come back and say, well, they edited this, they edited that. Just go ahead and release the videos to the entire public. How do you feel about that, America? 844-747-8868. Roger on the line, WLOB in Maine, wants to weigh in on the military story. Hey, Roger, what's going on? Good good day, Todd. Uh, I'd just like to say yes, I absolutely feel that the Biden administration has completely abandoned, did completely abandon our military before the bombing went off. 
when they had the means to take care of business. But I'd also like to touch on the implications of not only financial, but the support implications to terrorism that, that was had when we abandoned all the equipment on, on the field there. And to top that off, as we walked out, the Chinese marched in to start harvesting the lithium in that country, which are the largest deposits in the world. So now they're going to control the, the battery market for the electric cars. It's just off its rails, this whole world. The, the whole thing is nuts. And, and, Roger, the billions of dollars of military equipment that we left behind in Afghanistan, you better believe those are in the hands of some very bad people right now. They sure are. And, Todd, I mean, it's treasonous what was done. Our own government just turning inside out, rolling out the red carpet for, for the terrorists and getting rid of our money without any approval, getting rid of our equipment without any approval. These guys need to be held accountable. They do, and I, and I hope the Republicans can do that in the House. You know, it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate, but at least we're able to hear their stories. And and I don't know about you, Roger, just listening to that young man who gave up so much of his life. It's awful. It's awful. My heart bleeds for him, and uh, it my heart bleeds for America. Well God said. Bless, All right. God bless you, Roger. Appreciate that call. 844-747-8868. Again, a toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. All right. I, I want to play some some audio here. It is getting ugly up on Capitol Hill. The weaponization of the government committee is well underway. And I'm telling you, folks, they're coming after conservatives. And this is just jaw-dropping some of the information that uh, that is leaking out. Debbie Wasserman Schultz openly trashed Matt Taibbi, who, by the way, they're now portraying as some sort of a right-winger. Taibbi is not a conservative. He's not anywhere near a conservative. The guy worked for Rolling Stone. He's an award-winning journalist. He's written all these New York Times best-selling books, and they're trying to portray him up on Capitol Hill as some sort of a leftist. And Wasserman Schultz is accusing all of the journalists of of um, cherry-picking their information. S- journalists should avoid spoon-fed, cherry-picked information if it's likely to be slanted, incomplete, or designed to reach a foregone, easily disputed conclusion. So she's basically going out there and attacking this man. She's also attacking Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. The Democrats are angry and they're scared. And the reason why they're scared is they no longer have Twitter as their unadulterated mouthpiece. So they know they can't control Elon Musk and they can't control the staff at Twitter anymore. Anyway, Jim Jordan has done a terrific job of of walking us through all of this. He was on yesterday's show. We're going to play some audio when we come back of Jim Jordan as he takes us through uh, the Federal Trade Commission demanding that uh, Twitter executives turn over their dealings with journalists. You've got Democrats on Capitol Hill now demanding that journalists turn over their information as well. It's just unbelievable. But folks, thank goodness we've got Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives. All right, let me give out our number again, 90 or 844-747-8868. Again, 844 844- 747 747 8868. 
Now is a great time, by the way, to check out our friends at PatriotMobile.com slash Todd, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Be sure to use my promo code. They're going to give you free premier activation. They're going to throw in a free gift, too, and some great discounts for veterans. We'll be right back. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starnes. That's MyPillow.com slash Starnes for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starnes. Hello, America. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hey, a couple of updates on uh, some stories we've been following. So yesterday, the White House honored uh, women on International Women's Day by giving an award to a dude. Uh, This guy from Argentina, his name is Alba Ruida, and... They say he's a man who identifies as a woman, but they decided to honor him with the Woman of Courage Award. The guy is sort of built like a linebacker in a dress, standing next to Dr. And Mrs. First Lady Jill Biden, who was grinning from ear to ear. They're honoring Mr. Ruida because he was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by his family. But in the face of these challenges, he worked to end violence and discrimination. This is according to the State Department, their their quote, but I fixed the pronouns for them. My pleasure, State Department. The Biden administration recognized Ruida as one of 11 women from around the world who fight for gender gender equity. Cut number two. In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. Now, just a general observation here. This is rather rich considering Democrats can't even tell you what a woman is. But they're going to be handing out awards, which is why they they gave a man an award. It's interesting. We have said this before. We shall say it again. And I suspect many times until the end of time that these folks believe a biological man makes a better woman than a biological woman does. It's the it's the weirdest thing. Also, an update on this story from Texas Tech, the Red Raiders. So we told you about their coach. 
a decent guy. He, he was having a rough season. Mark Adams, good Christian man. He has stepped down just days after he was accused by the university of sharing a racist Bible verse. The coach was having a private conversation with a player, uh, telling the player um, about the the role of the coach and the player, and this was all about coachability. In other words, there was probably one of the one of the players was out there thinking he was all that in a bag of chips, and the coach was trying to explain to him how things work. And so he referenced a Bible verse talking about how there is always a master and a servant. Meant nothing by it. He just quoted the Bible. So anyway, the university got all upset. They suspended the coach, launched an investigation. Two days later, the coach is out of a job. The university says the Bible verse was racist, insensitive, and inappropriate. So there you go. God's word, racially offensive according to the people who run Texas Tech University. Unbelievable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to get back to this weaponization hearing. Some crazy stuff going down. This is Matt Taibbi. He is being grilled by Democrat Stacy Plaskett. Cut number 15. Who gave you access to these emails? Um, Who was the individual Twitter. that uh, gave you permission to access the emails? Well, the attribution for my story is sources at Twitter, and that's what I'm going to refer to. Okay. Uh, did Mr. Musk contact you, Mr. Taibbi? Again, the attribution for my story is sources at Twitter. Mr. Schellenberger, did Mr. Musk contact you? Uh, actually, no. I was brought in by my friend Barry Weiss, and so this story, there's been a lot of misinformation. So Mr. Weiss brought you in. Mr. Taibbi, Ms. Weiss, thank you. Mr. Taibbi, have you had conversations with Elon Musk? I have. Okay. Uh, Mr. Taibbi, did Mr. Musk place any conditions on the let use the gen- of the Let the gentlelady yield for a second. Uh, as long as my time is not used. Are you, are you trying to get journalists? No, I'm not trying to get sources? No, I'm not. Well, I am asking. Like no, well, who gave? So it went on from there. And um, anyway, Jim Jordan, here's what he had to say. Cut 16. But the, the truth is we want to focus on protecting the First Amendment. Mr. Schellenberger, are you a Republican? No, I'm not. You got a, you got any you know pro Trump bumper stickers on your car? I voted for Biden. Voted for Biden. You don't have any MAGA hats laying around your house, right? I do not. Yeah, but you said earlier, both you, and Mr. Taibbi, said this is the most chilling thing you have ever seen as journalists. Mr. Taibbi, the same thing. You're not a Republican either, right? No, no. I'm not. You didn't vote for. I mean, like this is about protecting the First Amendment, Mr. Taibbi. I want to read from your uh, Twitter file number nine. You say this after weeks of Twitter files, the bureau issued a statement Wednesday. Referring to the FBI. Here's what the FBI said. It is unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the American public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency. You then follow up. This is why I think you're an award-winning author. You then follow up. They must think we're unambitious if our sole aim is to discredit the FBI. After all, a whole range of government agencies discredit themselves in the Twitter files. And then you go on to, in this particular Twitter file, to talk about what Mr. Bishop was just talking about, the GEC at the State Department. You talk about the CIA. You talk about the DOD. You talk about the FBI. You talk about the DHS. You talk about the Foreign Intelligence Task Force, which is a combination of all these. But there was one agency you didn't mention because you didn't know at the time. One agency, one, you got almost the whole alphabet, but you didn't mention one agency, the FTC. 
Yeah, because you, you know about him now. <laughs> yes, we you do. know about him now in an up close and personal way. You didn't know then, but you do know, uh, know now. December 2nd, as I said earlier, December 2nd, the first Twitter file comes out, Mr. Taibbi. And I think there are five others, including the ones from Mr. Schellenberger. December 13th, the very first letter that the FTA, uh, FTC sends to Twitter after the Twitter files, 11 days after the first Twitter file. There have been five of them come out. The FTC's first demand in that first letter after the Twitter files come out is identify all journalists, I'm, I'm quoting, identify all journalists and other members of the media to whom Twitter worked with. You find that scary, Mr. Taibbi, that you got a federal government agency asking a private company, who in the press are you talking with? Yeah, I, I do find it scary. I, I, I think it's none of the government's business what... Uh, which journalists a private company talks to and why. Um, I think every journalist should be concerned about that and the absence of interest in that issue by um, uh, my fellow colleagues in the mainstream media is an indication of how low the business has sunk. Uh, there was once a real esprit de corps and camaraderie uh, within media. Whenever one of us was uh, gone after, we all kind of rose to the challenge and supported. Used to be. Yeah, Used to be the case. Um, that is gone now. Uh, we, we don't protect one you know what another. else used to happen? Democrats used to care about protecting First Amendment free speech rights, too. Now it's like, okay, if you're attacking... And I said this on the House floor. I said, don't think they won't come for you. Oh, the, the, the big tech, big media, the cancel culture, they may come for Republicans and conservatives now, but they never. the mob is never satisfied. They will keep coming. Mr. Schellenberger, you know who the chair of the FTC is? Uh, not... Personally. Lena Khan. Lena Khan. You know who she w used to work for? My understanding is the Judiciary Committee. Yeah, she's worked for these folks. The same folks have been attacking you today. Same folks. Chair of the FTC. Work for them. Here's what they said. Here's what she said in, one, in a letter where they ask about who these journalists. Again, they named four personally, four journalists by name. You were two of the four. As I said before, I think it's, it's frankly courageous and brave of you to show up today when you know the federal government's got an eye on you personally. Here's what they asked for in that letter. Any credentialing or background check Twitter has done on journalists. Now think about that. The federal government is saying we want you to do a background check on members of the press. Freedom of the press mentioned in the First Amendment. And they're doing back. They want Twitter to do a background check on you before they can talk to you in America. The FTC, led by Lena Khan, who used to work for these guys, is asking that question. Now, 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 now we know, now we all know why you guys said at the outset, this is the most chilling story. And you guys are New York Times bestsellers, award-winning uh, journalists. But in all your, your time in the, in the journalism field, this issue, most important. And how this, I think, what did you call it, Mr. Schellenberg, this complex, what did you call it, the censorship industrial complex totally this web of censorship big government big tech ngos all this web of censorship that mr bishop was getting into in his line of questioning that's what this committee is going to get to and that's not right or left that's not this is just right or wrong this is wrong we know it's wrong and it's about protecting the first amendment all right good for you and uh, that was a, a bit of a lengthy slab of audio from today's hearing on the weaponization of the government. And we've got to get all this information out there, folks. We've just got to. We cannot allow the Democrats or the deep state to continue using the federal government to punish their political enemies. And that's all they've been doing. That's it.
That's all they've been doing. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. Here's the headline from Fox News. Can you imagine being the parents of Colin Kaepernick? This is um, this is a sad story. I mean, it's really sad, and it's really pathetic. So Colin Kaepernick was adopted, and he was adopted by two white people. Very loving parents. And by all indications, they certainly loved their son. They they gave him all the opportunities in the world, and they made sure that he was on the straight and narrow. They raised him right, even though he went to the left. Um, they did their job. They they raised Colin Kaepernick. They didn't have to. They didn't have to. Uh, uh, you know, adopt him. I, I they didn't have to, right? They made sure he was a four student. Made sure that he was playing on sports and athletic teams. Got him into college. Did everything a parent should do, right? Right. That, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. So Kaepernick was born in 1987. To a 19-year-old, a white girl, his birth father, a black guy. The white mom put Kaepernick up for adoption at five weeks old. He was placed with a white couple, Rick and Teresa Kaepernick. They had two biological children, so they didn't even have to do this. They had their two kids. But they decided to adopt Colin after losing two other sons to heart defects. Good, loving parents. And here's the headline from Fox News. Well, 35 years old, Colin Kaepernick accuses his white adoptive parents of problematic upbringing and perpetuating racism. They go on to say, and uh, they're quoting here, the Fox story quoting a CBS News interview. Kaepernick says that uh, he attributed disagreements with his parents to racism. I know my parents love me but they were still very problematic things that I went through. I think it was very important to show that 
this can happen in your own home and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. So what were they doing? Were they making the poor kid go to Klan meetings? I mean, did he have to go out and burn a cross in somebody's front yard? I mean, what did they do? Kaepernick illustrated one specific example of this in his novel. Oh, maybe they made him eat grilled chicken instead of fried. What, what, What did they do? He depicted a fight he had with his parents during high school over his hairstyle. Inspired to braid his hair in cornrows like his hero, NBA star Allen Iverson, Kaepernick recalled receiving pushback from his parents. He's getting what roles, his mom asked in the novel. Kaepernick said that after styling his hair that way, his mom warned him his hair was not professional and he looked like a little thug. Now, I'm just going to ask you something here, folks. You remember when you were that age and you wanted to have your hair a certain way or you wanted to wear certain clothes. And what would your mom tell you if she didn't like the way you were dressed? Your mom would tell you. If your mom didn't like the way your hair was styled, she would tell you in no uncertain terms. So does that make Colin Kaepernick's mother racist because she didn't want her son to wear cornrows? Kaepernick says, those spaces, those become spaces where it's like, okay, how do I navigate the situation now? Well, I'll tell you, Colin, you do what your mother tells you to do. He goes on to say, but it also informed why it's, it, it also has informed why I have my hair long today. Well, that makes no sense. She didn't say you couldn't have long hair. She didn't want you to have cornrows. So if that's the issue, why aren't you wearing cornrows, Kaepernick? Come on. Unbelievable. You know, you, you look at somebody like Colin Kaepernick, and here's a guy, clearly, who has an ego the size of his afro. He thinks he's all that. But to openly disparage your parents like that, after everything they gave you, that really speaks to the heart of this guy. And it is an ugly place, I'm telling you, an ugly place. Hate it for the mom and dad. They did the right thing. What a mess that is. Let's go to Mark in the Villages, wants to weigh in on service members. Hey, Mark, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd, how are you doing today, sir? Good, good. You know, you know, they don't care what happens to our service members, Todd. They don't care what happened in Benghazi or Afghanistan. Todd, they don't even care support our police officers. They're just collateral damage to them. Todd, look at how many people that are in high-up positions that hate this country. Take a poll on how many hate this country. We can talk about it all day long, but until we get changed, put Trump back into office to stop them, it's going to continue. There's a, there are even people that voted for Biden that have no idea what's happening in this country because they are sensing the me- censoring the media like they're doing Tucker Carlson. They're quieting everybody that has the truth so that they can continue to cr- do their corruption. 
You know, Mark, I, I go back to, it's a great point you, you bring up here, and I go back to a couple of weeks ago when the, the Bidens announced what $120 billion in aid we're giving to Ukraine. We're taking care of their troops. Meanwhile, American troops are literally having to survive on food stamps, having to feed their families government cheese because we don't pay them enough money. To your point, they despise the military in this country, and they're doing their best to weaken the military and destroy the military. Yeah, and all that money that's going to Ukraine, how much is going into their their pockets, too? Are you going to sit here and tell me that Biden and his people aren't getting some of that money? Oh, big guy's getting his cut. Yeah, you're going to tell me they're not getting some of this drug money, too? That's why they're allowing all the drugs to come into this country? We're not stupid. We know what they're doing. It's just a matter of trying to stop them from doing it. You, you're absolutely right, Mark. Hey, we got to skedaddle for a break. A good hearing from you. Uh, but look, it's the, the reality is they like Ukraine better than us. I mean, that's the way it is with the Bidens. That's because they're giving more money to the big guy than we are. That's all that is. All right, got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. You know, if I'm Kaepernick's dad, forget taking an E. I'd be taking a boot to the backside. Uh, We'll be right back. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. And hello everybody, uh, welcome to Hour 2 of the Big Show, happy to have you with us today. Man, a lot going on up on Capitol Hill. And uh, we are so glad that uh, you have joined us today. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Good friend of this program from Arizona's 5th Congressional District is here, Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman, hope you are well today. I am. Thanks Thanks for having me, Todd. So, so Congressman, uh, we've got a lot to, to go through here, and I want to start with these J6 tapes. Uh, first of all, uh, the latest news, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, in an interview with Breitbart a few moments ago, said that he does anticipate releasing these tapes to the general public. Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, I do. I, I really do. Um, I've been trying to get in to see them the tapes myself, as well as transcripts of depositions that were taken by the J6 committee, and have had trouble, even though uh, we now control the uh, the particular committee that has jurisdiction over that. But just think what would happen if if uh, if he, the American people could see 40,000 hours. They would see what, uh, what I've seen, and having been on the House floor during the riot, I can tell you, I know that there were people that were, uh, uh, you know, attacking the police officers and, and rioting. But at the same time, there were a lot of people who were peace, peaceful and they 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 trespassed. They weren't supposed to be in. Uh, we need to know everybody's role. We also suspect that there were a, a number of federal agents uh, am- amongst the crowd. Uh, they and the the feds won't tell us. Who and how many there were, and what their uh, what their mission was. So there's a lot going on, and I think uh, releasing the the video to the public would be good. 
I'm curious to get your take on Tucker Carlson. Here's a guy coming under attack. He released unedited video footage. Meanwhile, you've got the J6 committee. They hired a professional filmmaker to produce some sort of a made-for-TV special, and yet it's Tucker who's producing the unadulterated, unfiltered videos that's catching all the flack. No, Tucker's right on the money here. He's doing the right thing. Um, you know, you're gonna—he's gonna be attacked, and we knew he'd be attacked when I saw that uh, Kevin was going to give him the, the, the video. Why? Because, because what I knew that when the video came out, it would start undercutting the left-wing narrative that has been there for uh, two years, and and they're they're apoplectic. They want control of the American populace, and when they lose the narrative here, they're going to lose the control, and everybody's going to know. Hey. They were lying to us. They were lying to us on everything from COVID to January 6th. And all of this is being revealed to the American people all right about the same time, which is kind of uh, sensory overload, but it's important to get the message out. I am I'm so happy to, to see these videos because I'm with you. That something just doesn't add up. And, yeah, I, I think the, the people that committed crimes that day, they should, they should pay whatever price, and many of them are. Many of them are doing more time than people who committed a murder in in this country so i i think it's fair to ask what happened and 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 what's going on and and quite frankly what's going to become of this information well obviously it will change the trajectory of history i hope number two though i i hope that it provides an ability to hold these these very very biased unfair judges um, and, and the prosecution of DOJ and FBI accountable for what they have done uh, because they've overcharged, they've oversentenced, and they've done it because of animus, uh, and political animus and personal animus toward uh, Donald Trump. It isn't even to these guys. But you have some people who have no, no violent criminal history. They're working stiffs. They're, they're out there living their lives. They go in. They get caught up. They walk into the place they should not have been. But they, it was a trespass. It was not uh, violent uh, for this individual. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be a violent insurrection. They just happened to be there. There may have been people rioting somewhere else. They get, they get hounded and picked up, and guess what? Now they're, they're in prison. They've lost jobs. Uh, their families have been stressed and, and without, without uh, uh, support. Uh, and they, some of them are still in, in jail here in D.C., and they haven't even had a trial yet. So there's so much that has to come forward, and I think when it does, we should see reduction in sentences. That's what should happen. If we can get a good Republican president in there who would grant some clemency, that would be helpful. Well, I'm with you, and that that will happen very, very soon. Uh, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line, Congressman Andy Biggs, Congressman, debt ceiling fight underway. How are things looking, and, and what do you think we can expect to see? Well, what I'm trying to do, Todd, is is push back and say you don't need to raise the debt ceiling. We need to just bring our spending under control ASAP. I mean, this is this is a four-alarm fire. And we need to basically get everybody on board to say, let's start reducing our spending. We have a spending problem, not a revenue problem. And and we need to claw back money. This notion that you're going to give the State Department, here's an example. State Department get uh, $12 billion or something like that for President Biden's uh, Green New Deal efforts. 
in foreign countries, in foreign countries. Well, let's start taking this sort of thing back. We overspend by about $100 billion a month, and let's start getting back so we're, we can get as close to balanced for the, the next 12 months as we possibly can. Get the rescissions, rescind some money, get it back that shouldn't be out there. How about some Green New Deal subsidies that total $325 billion? Pull those back in. How about stopping building an FBI uh, a new headquarters when they're just going to use it to spy on Americans some more? That's a billion and a half. So start bringing this money back in and then reduce the spending in agencies and departments uh, for for frivolous things like uh, um, all the DEI, all the ESG programs, all the woke programs, all the, all the uh, you know, uh, we were talking to the OMB late, uh, director this morning at a committee hearing. Let's start bringing that back in. If we do it, then maybe we have a chance to push off this notion of having to... Uh, to, to raise the debt ceiling uh, to pay our debts. We, we should be trying to make our ends meet by reducing our spending. That's what you and I would do. That's what most businesses would do. Well, it's true. Um, I, I love what Senator John Kennedy said. I don't know why we are giving money to all of these countries that do not like us. As the senator said, they can hate us for free. <laughs> He's exactly right. But we're doing more than that. We're trying to infiltrate and indoctrinate those countries. That's why we had the, the State Department put uh, millions of dollars to pr- promote um, drag queen shows in Ecuador. I mean, why, why? Why are we doing that? Because they're trying to, the left wants to indoctrinate the entire world into our lunacy here uh, socially. All right, Congressman Andy Biggs, before we let you go, I do want to touch base on the border. This is just insane. Now we've got the cartels murdering two Americans in Mexico. Apparently they got caught in the crosshairs between rival gangs or rival cartels down there. And the Biden administration really could care less about all of this. They don't care about American people, the Biden administration. They really don't care about the American people. Uh, think of uh, East Palestine and Ohio. Think of these four uh, uh, innocents down there just going down for an operation or procedure. And you know why they were there? Because it's cheaper and faster to get that procedure. And it's just, you get, you, there's quality clinics down in Mexico, too. So they don't care. And and frankly, it's time to start leveraging against Mexico, whether uh, tariffs or whatever. They've Mexico's got to start bringing the cartels under control, and we have to do the same uh, by fighting back here on our own border. All right. Well, Congressman, again, we appreciate all all the great work. There's so much happening up on Capitol Hill, and you're right in the thick of it, and we certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Todd. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, everybody, from Arizona's 5th Congressional District. Just insane. This open border. And when we come back, we're going to play some audio from Congressman Mike Flood. You're not going to believe this story. The illegals, a bunch of illegals, apparently shot and killed a bald eagle and ate it. It, You can't make this stuff up, folks. This This is the symbol of our nation. Why haven't these illegals been thrown out of the country, for goodness sakes? All right, I've got to take a break. 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show.
right, so I have some Republicans here in the state of Tennessee that think I'm a Democrat. I, you know, I know, I know, I know I shouldn't give them the, the time of day, but I want to I want to talk about this. I'll like try to explain what happened. But they really think that I'm some sort of a heathen Democrat. So a couple of weeks ago, what was it, last week, the governor uh, signed this law about drag shows, right? Well, the, it, the law says nothing about drag shows, but that's what it's meant to to deal with. So we've got these um, these drag shows, and the kid, parents are bringing the kids to the shows, and the, the little children are stuffing dollar bills into the crotches of these men, and people got a problem with that as well. They should. So anyway, they put together a law, and they amend. Actually, they amended a law that was already on the books. Uh, to talk about adult cabaret performances. Now, here's the deal. Uh, This would ban children from attending any adult cabaret performance that features topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest or similar entertainers, regardless of whether or not performed for consideration. And so basically, these are sexualized performances, and you're also not allowed to do it near a school or a church or whatever. So here's my argument. The the way this is written, it's not exactly clear who this might impact, because let's just, for example, and, and again... I don't I don't believe children ought to be going to drag shows but my question as a as a small G government conservative do we really need to quantify that in the law do we need to actually have a law written that says children cannot attend adult entertainment venues now before I get into all of this I just want to say and hear me on this if you are a parent and you take your child to a strip club or a drag show, you are unfit to be a parent, period. There's something wrong with you. The question is, should we write a law that would ban parents from being able to do that, which they've already done here in Tennessee? But here's the problem. The the wording is so vague, no one knows what sexualized means. What exactly does that mean? And I will give you an example. I was watching a basketball game the other day, and it struck me. Any person who attended this basketball game with a child could have been fined under this law. Have you seen the dancers at these basketball games? And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the NBA. I'm talking about college. I'm talking about the high school games. You got the dance squads out there. And, and folks, they're simulating sex right before your eyes, right there in front of the preacher and the deacons and the church family and everybody, the whole community, writhing about, whipping the nay-nay. Josh, is that accurate? <laughs> More or less. Doing all sorts of debauchery out there with very little clothing on. So the argument could be made that these kids, these dancers are out there simulating sex out on the dance floor of the basketball court of the local high school. So again, I I, I just, I I don't get it. I really don't get it. And I know we have a supermajority of Republicans in this state. And man, some of the legislation coming out of Nashville has been bizarre. They wanted to strengthen the marriage laws, but somebody forgot to put the age requirements in there. So 
they inadvertently allowed childhood brides in in Tennessee. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Uh, can we just enforce the laws that are already on the books? Is it too much to ask? Now, look, this gender mutilation surgery law, yeah, absolutely. That makes a 1,000% sense. But going after the drag shows, this is opening up a can of worms. So I say that to lead into this audio. The lieutenant governor, who is a Republican, his name is Randy McNally, a great-grandfather, has a penchant for liking and commenting on very lewd photos of young men on Instagram. Cut number one. They are photos that most of us would call shocking, and they are being commented on by the lieutenant governor. Good evening, I'm Carrie Sharp. And I'm Rory Johnston. We want to get right to Five Alert anchor Hunter Hoagland, who is following this. Hunter, Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally, leaving a number of comments below some racy social media photos of another man. Yeah, Rory, that's exactly right. And surprisingly, the Lieutenant Governor owning all of it tonight. Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally's press team not blaming a staffer or even to be hacked, instead saying that commenting on Instagram photos is just something Randy McNally often does. But these aren't your usual Instagram photos, right? Take a look at your screen right now. Social media was a buzz tonight after users found that McNally frequently commented on another male user's Instagram page from his verified account. Over the last three years, the lieutenant governor has been regularly commenting on these extremely racy pictures of an influencer. Everything from typing out fire emojis where the male user had posted his backside to commenting that he has, quote, a super look and that he loves his content. Social media users tonight quick to point out what they are calling hypocrisy, noting that the lieutenant governor just recently voted to ban certain drag shows, which many in the LGBTQ community say was discriminatory. News Channel 5 reached out to McNally for a statement. Here's what his press team had to say. Trying to apply something sinister or inappropriate about a great-grandfather's use of social media says more about the mind of the left-wing operative making the implication than it does about Randy McNally. As anyone in Tennessee politics knows, Lieutenant Governor McNally is a prolific social media commenter. He takes great pains to view every post that he can and frequently posts encouraging things to many of his followers. Does he always use the proper emoji at the proper time? Maybe not, but he enjoys interacting with constituents and Tennesseans of all religions, backgrounds, and orientations on social media, adding he has no intention of stopping. So, <laughs> all right. Well, you go, Gov. You go, Lieutenant Gov. I'm curious, though. So were they at least admitting that it was the wrong emojis that the lieutenant governor used? I mean, what? And I would have just asked a follow-up question. So what emojis did the lieutenant governor mean to use is there an emoji that says put some pants on is that is there an emoji she's <laughs> Lou. this is like a 20 year old kid who weighs like three pounds barely wearing underpants and it seems to me if you're the lieutenant governor of the state of tennessee and a god-fearing republican if you are going to comment on something like that it just seems to me it would be put some pants on what's wrong with you but that's just me. What do I know? All right. It's, I wonder what else the lieutenant governor's out. Well, it, all that to say, all that to say, it's hypocrisy. Now, the Tennessee holler, you got to get these. There's a left wing uh, rag, but they broke this story and good for them. I mean, it is hypocrisy. 
All right, we got to take a break. Jeez, Alou America, wear pants. This is the Todd Stark Show. Thank you, Mr. President Pro Tem. I rise for a point of personal privilege comment. Please. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> for the last five years, the Washington Elementary School District had a contract which enabled Arizona Christian University student teachers to be placed in its schools for on-the-job experience. On February 23rd, the district's board decided to dissolve the partnership due to its religious affiliation with impugning the motives of teachers with certain religious beliefs. Senators, this is discrimination because it's a Christian school. We in Arizona have a shortage of teachers in this state, and instead of addressing that, this board, Washington Elementary School District, is discriminating against our future teachers because of the college they're attending and their religious beliefs, while also taking away opportunities for them to have on-the-job training. The First Amendment, in part, protects freedom of religion and this ideology puts America's, Americans' First Amendment rights in jeopardy. This is not what our country was founded on, and this will not be tolerated. I am calling on the Washington Elementary School District to reinstate its partnership with Arizona Christian University. If they decide not to do so, I am calling all five board members to resign. This kind of discrimination will not be tolerated. Thank you, Mr. President Pro Tem. All right. Uh, there you go, folks. Uh, this is a story we've been following for uh, for quite some time now. Uh, Anthony Kern there is the state lawmaker. He's a state senator in Arizona, and he is calling out this school district, the Washington Elementary School District, um, and their decision to no longer hire student teachers from Arizona Christian University. Uh, this is just unbelievable. Now, the school board is made up of five individuals. Three of them are members of the alphabet people, the LGBTQIA plus crowd. And they say that because these teachers at Arizona Christian University are Christians, and because they follow the teachings of Christ, they are therefore creating a hostile work environment and a, and a classroom space for students who might be LGB or T. And we were the very first folks to bring you this story and to, to and to expose this filthy anti-Christian hostility that's out there. Now, I'm not sure that there's a lot the state can do, but here's what they need to do, and, and this is what needs to happen. They need to make sure that this school is defunded. Now, the federal dollars are the federal dollars, but what the state house can do in Arizona is go after the state money. And it's, it's very simple. All they need to do is go over to the, uh, the school board. And by the way, one of the individuals, one of the school board members, actually thinks she's a, a non-binary neurogender cat. She actually wears cat ears. Now, what we're looking at here, ladies and gentlemen, is nothing more than prejudice. That's all it is. Religious prejudice. And... Tom Horn, who is the state superintendent of public instruction, in an interview with Fox News, said prejudice of all kinds 
have been responsible for almost all of the evil in the history of humankind. He goes on to say that he's Jewish, and there's an old Jewish expression, he who expects respect has to give respect. He says this is absolutely an outrageous violation of people's religious rights, and he's he's right on the money here. Tamelia Valenzuela is the school board member who has kind of been waging this fight. And she said, quote, my concern is when I go to Arizona Christian University's website, they are committed to Jesus Christ, accomplishing his will and advancements on earth as in heaven. Okay, well, what's wrong with that? Maybe we ought to have a conversation about why this school board member is wearing cat ears in public. Well, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line right now. And we're honored to have that state senator you just heard from, Senator Anthony Kern on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Senator, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you, sir, for having me. I I appreciate it. So you've heard this story, and we played your remarks just a few moments ago. When you first heard about this, what was your initial reaction? Well, when I first heard about this, it's like, okay, the fight is on. Um, you're not going to you're not going to uh, negate a contract that you've had for anywhere from five to eleven years with a great university that's in my district. Washington Elementary School is also in my district, and uh, you know Arizona already already has a shortage of teachers. Um, it's 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 discrimination, plain and simple. And uh, this uh, school board is breaking the law. What's been the reaction from your constituents? Oh, I have gotten so much positive. Um, I've had principals reach out to me in the district. I, I, I was talking to a couple teachers this morning. I was talking to teachers yesterday. I mean, the, the, the outpouring of support and the, uh, the outpouring of uh, people wanting to see a leader stand up and fight for not only our constitutional rights, but for Christianity in and of itself. Um, it's it's very fashionable to to beat up on on Christians, and uh, we've had enough. And so the outpouring has been absolute one hundred percent positive. Now, if I was to go on my Twitter feed, it's it's probably fifty fifty. But when people have have uh, messaged me and called me and called my office here at the state senate, they have been overwhelmingly positive. This school board, now my understanding is five-person school board, three of the individuals are are of the LGBT community, but this was a unanimous vote here, so there really wasn't much, uh, there wasn't much dissension, and I'm wondering what sort of penalties, what recourse do you guys have there at the state level? Right, so um, Arizona Christian University will more than likely be filing a lawsuit there, um, what resources do we have available? Uh, you had mentioned three of the five are part of the LGBTQ community. Um, there are the other one, there's one there. I think she's the school board president. She's a, definitely affiliated with Planned Parenthood. Uh, oh, and the, and the, and the last one I am not sure of, but all five of them should resign immediately or they need to be recalled. I am going to work diligently to fill their seat. Three of the seats are up next year. And we're going, we've already got one person going to be running, and we're going to be putting in two more. Um, the resources at the state level, you know, we do have the power of the purse over here. Uh, but I don't want to affect, because I have gotten a lot of calls from Christian teachers within the Washington Elementary School District. They feel intimidated. They feel, uh, some of them feel afraid. Some of them feel, um, you know, it's a hostile work environment. 
Uh, so if I was to say, hey, let's hold back some funds, it's going to affect them. And I don't want to do that. What I have said to these teachers is you guys need to group. You need to form, form a, a coalition. There's power in numbers. I am at your beckoning call anytime you need me. I will get attorneys there, and we will educate everyone on their constitutional rights. And it's time for battle. It's time to fight on these stinking, woke, idiot people. I'll leave it at that. So, no, well, I appreciate that, Senator. Um, we, <laughs> um, we agree with you a thousand percent. Now, yeah. here's here's where I, I'm. Uh, I apologize for asking this question, but I need to ask it. We we talk a lot on this program whenever these uh, radical activists get out there, and we say this is a small but vocal group. Uh, I'm wondering, are we hearing any defense of the Christians from the LGBT community? Are there any gay folks out there that are saying, hey, this is crazy? Yeah. Well, that's. I'm glad you asked that. Um, yesterday, talking to a teacher, uh, I won't mention her name, um, but she had said she had reached out. She's a Christian, and she said she has reached out to one of the uh, transgender teachers that, that apparently works in the district. And the transgender teacher is saying, why are we having this conversation? You know, we treat everybody with respect. What you have is you have three, five socialist, Marxist, communist people that are pushing their ungodly agenda, and they're targeting Christians. Why? Because they think they can get away with it. And I, 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 I you know, the Bible says that God laughs at the wicked. And right now he's in full control. Um, and I'm glad I told the teachers this morning, I said, hey, this is a good fight to have, because if we don't fight back and push back now, we're going to lose this battle. So we need to fight. But I can tell you one thing, sir, God is on our side. And, uh, you know, you're not just going up against Arizona Christian University. If you heard the video on my Twitter feed at the top, I pinned it to the top. They specifically call out Jesus Christ in their, in their, in their statement. And I know that was the mission statement for Arizona Christian University. But I'm telling you, he's the God of the universe, and, you know, he doesn't take lightly to this stuff. So he wants us, he's with us, he wants us to fight, and I'm going to fight every step of the way. Man, I like to hear this. This is a battle to die in, and I I will fight this. I'm going to not just show up tonight at the Washington School Board. I'm going to show up in two weeks at the Washington School Board. I'm going to make sure these guys get recalled, or, or at a minimum, they will never hold another public office. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Senator. Uh, it's, this is not a situation of, oops, we made a mistake. This is, nope. no, you're out of here. This is good versus evil. This is good versus evil. These people want to not only divide our state, but they they want the minds of our children. I mean, I could give you several examples of different school districts in this state. I've got an email that someone texted me the other day about a teacher sending out, and this, this was in another part of the state, sending out an email, a confidential email, um, stating, uh, you know, use the pronouns that the kids want. These are minors. Use the pronouns that they want and keep it away from the parents. And so we live in a, in a society where right is wrong, wrong is right. The Bible talks about that. And uh, it's time for God's warriors to rise up. It's time to bring Jesus Christ back into government instead of believing the lie of the left that, oh, we need to remove Christians out. You can't, you know, separation of church and state. That's a, that's a, that's a lie of the left. And I'm here for such a time as this, and I will fight, again, uh, not, you know, not only for my constituents, 
but for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it seems to me, Senator, that if there's room in that public school classroom for a gay pride flag, then by golly, there's room for a Christian flag. There you go. Absolutely. And they should not be afraid or intimidated. No. And I don't care what the media says. You know, I've been there, done that. You know, look what they did to our President Trump. I mean, they go after him. But I really don't care. Why? Because I know I am confident 100% that Jesus Christ is my Lord, that that God is on my side. And uh, when you go against him, the Bible pretty much says, uh, you know, he's got my back. And he does have my back. And he, and we will fight this because, again, when you start going after the kids, it's a whole different story. And this little cat ears and their, and their cuddly little kittens on that school board, they're going to find out real quick that they made a huge mistake. And once, once the lawsuits uh, start happening, they're going to realize how wrong they are. But I think it's time for our voice to be heard. And again, I think it's time to bring Jesus Christ back into our government. You see what's happening with taking him out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Senator, real quick, before we have to let you go here, I I want you to talk about the student teachers. What concerns me there is you've got these kids, they're getting an incredible education at Arizona Christian, and I'm wondering if this is going to have some sort of a chilling impact on young people. They say, oh, well, if I go to a Christian college, I may not be able to get a job in in a public school. Yeah, uh, you know, I hope that's not out there. Um, I think it is time to, to, to let them know where, who we are and where we are. I think the time to hide is not now. Um, and if you're going to, I spoke at Arizona Christian just a couple weeks ago on, on, uh, on a criminal justice issue. Um, you know, and, and I would say, you know, it's time to fight. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people, they're looking for a cause. Um, you know, they're looking for a reason, a reason why they're here. Well, this is the reason. Fight for your future. Fight for your, your, your you know, future children. Fight for, you know, this, this state and this nation. Um, for I such a time as this. For such a time as this, absolutely. So, I mean, education is one thing, but uh, but when you get in a battle like this, it's uh, it actually is a good thing. All right, I'm excited. I, you, you know what? We're going to try. Hey, Dylan, book me a flight to Arizona. Good Lord. Unbe- <laughs> Come on Look, down. Senator, we're fighting with you. If we're not there in person, we're with you guys in spirit. Uh, you've yes, got sir. thousands of our listeners that are praying for you guys, and, and you're you. right. You're doing the right thing here. Thank you, and good luck tonight. Yeah, God bless you, buddy. All right. Uh, State Senator Anthony Kern. Now, that right there is a conservative lawmaker. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you're listening to us in Arizona or anywhere near that school district, you ought to show up at that school board meeting tonight. Everybody has skin in this game, ladies and gentlemen. And you heard the senator. This is just happening in all all over the state. All over the state. And you better believe it's if it's happening in Arizona, it's happening in your community as well. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Do you think that's the right the right thing to do is to boot all of those school board members out of office. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right. Happy National Meatball Day, America. I forgot to mention that at the start of the show. You're looking for a good meatball in Memphis, Tennessee. Grisantis, Ronnie Grisantis, best meatballs in the Mid South. 
Maybe you have a favorite meatball joint. I need to get some. I need to get some intel on that because we're going to be gearing up for a book signing in the fall, and I love stopping at the local joints that you guys love to go eat at. So if you got a favorite meatball joint, give us a call. Uh, let's go to the phones. By the way, eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Let's go to Don in North Carolina. Hey Don, what's going on? Yeah. Hey Todd, how you doing? Good. Thank you. Good. Um, my question with the school board is. Uh, not what they're doing now, but why did they get elected? Who who elected them? And obviously the answer is the constituents there in that district. So did they not have any good opposing candidates? Uh, are the people that are complaining now in the minority, you know, did they get what they asked for? Don, it's a great question. I'm, I I don't know about the the the, the school board election, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and posit this theory. The reason they got elected is probably because twenty percent of only twenty percent of Christians went out to go vote, if that many, in bingo. the local election. Bingo. That's the problem. Bingo, bingo. And so now everybody's got their panties in a wad and up in a tizzy when it's a little late. You know, elections have consequences, my friend. There you go. So go ahead and get all the lawsuits you want. Go ahead and get all up in up in arms and think you're going to change things. Uh, you're about, I don't know, six months, a year too late, whatever, whenever the election was held. That's it. Don, you you're go. you're right on the money. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Milwaukee. Jerry, the liberal. It's been a while. Jerry, you got about 45 seconds. What say you? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, you know, I'm an atheist. Uh, I support gay rights. They shouldn't be discriminated just be, based on being Christian. Now, with that said, I, I think it's important to ensure that they don't exploit, uh, you know, push their religion. Like any person, you know, you're hired to do a job, and your job is not to push or teach Christianity is true. So as long as they're objective with gay students or non-religious students or Muslim students, I'm fine with that. You know, that's what the law is. You shouldn't be discriminated against your beliefs, but how you act on your beliefs, that is something that I think would be germane to a school district. Are they violating the rights of students? If they're not, then, then, then fine, they should be hired if they're qualified. Yeah, and in this case, Jerry, I mean, they've been doing it for 11 years, a student-teacher agreement. They've never had any problems. But now you've got this uh, majority LGBT school board, and they're saying, we just don't want these folks because they go to a Christian school. And to your point, Jerry, as an as an atheist liberal, it's nice to hear you agree with me. Jerry, what a great way to end this hour. <laughs> Good hearing from you, my friend. All right, hang tight. Hour three coming up next. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. Happy to have you with us all over America. 141 radio stations now carry this program, and we're going to be adding some more. All you folks 
uh, living in the western part of Tennessee. We'll have some exciting news for you in the coming days. So write down our telephone number. You will need this if you plan on calling in today. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Well, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. We are really happy to have with us a great American patriot. Senator Rick Scott from Florida joins us. Senator, hope you're doing good today. Todd, I'm doing great. Congratulations on your show and Good luck with all the new stations you're getting. Well, you're kind to say that. I appreciate it. And uh, we have a lot of great listeners uh, in the in, in the Sunshine State as well. And I know they've been so excited uh, that you have been a fierce defender of, of liberty. And, and really, I know it's been difficult. You get some arrows every now and again, but you still fight the good fight. We're going to win. I mean, look, I'm... I grew up in a country where you could be anything. I want that country back. I, w- I want a country where I don't care where you grew up, if you're rich or poor, or, you know, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. You say, I'm, thank God I live in this country. I can be anything I want to be. And we're not going to do that if government, we, with big government, more, more regulations, you know, wokeness, all this stuff. So we've got to get back to a country where everybody has a chance to live the dream. Senator, I, I wanted to commend you for the, uh, the the speech you delivered at CPAC, where you you talked about some issues that are very important and ones that we need to consider. I'm I'm I have, I'm proud to call myself a Republican. I'm a conservative, but you really you really addressed the fact that we need to be that big tent party. Absolutely. I mean, look, we've got a great Republican Party all over the country. We've got to get one in D.C where we, we, we do the things we ran on, right? Think about it. I'm a kid that grew up, I, should, I probably should have been a Democrat. I grew up, my adopted father was a teamster, I grew up in public housing, to, born to a single mom. But guess what? I'm a Republican because I believe in the dream, the dream that was created by giving people the opportunity. And so I want that same thing, you, and you get it by less government, not more government. You know, look, we need to have safety net programs. But we shouldn't have permanent net programs or say, oh, yeah, you're going to be on this program forever because you don't really have a chance. No, everybody's got a chance of the dream. And that's what I want to make sure happens. Senator, the big fight uh, coming up on the debt ceiling. I know the Fed chairman, uh, Jerome Powell, uh, telling lawmakers, you got to raise it. You must raise the debt ceiling to avoid what he called an unprecedented default. Where do you stand and where are we at right now on this? Well, first off, what happened to living with means? You know, you do it. Say, I'd like to have that yacht, but I'm not going to buy it because I'm not making enough money. Why don't we stop and say, this is the revenues that the citizens of this country want to give us, so we're going to figure out how to live within our means, and we're going to prioritize the things we care about. We care about Medicare. Let's fix it. Make sure we keep all those benefits. Social Security. Let's make sure we have a strong military. But there's a whole bunch of left-wing stuff that, you know what? We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have any time, but we've got a deficit. Live within our means. You know, I was governor of Florida, and I walked in with a $4 billion budget deficit. The state had not lived within its means for 20 straight years, and I balanced the budget. You know how I did it? I said, what are revenues going to be? Guess what? We're not spending more than that. Matter of fact, we're going to spend less, and we're going to pay down our debt. And that's what we did. The federal government, we can balance the budget. We can protect Medicare and Social Security. We can have a strong military. But what we're not going to do is bankrupt this country. And so I don't want to raise the debt ceiling. 
I don't want to raise the debt ceiling. I want to have a balanced budget. We can do it today. If we're not going to do it today, by the way, are we going to do it when we have $35 trillion worth of debt, $45 trillion worth of debt? When are we going to do it? Let's do it right now. Yeah, I mean, Obama it was infamous for saying, you know, kicking the can down the road. I mean, you can only kick that can so far. Well, look at it, $31.5 trillion worth of debt. I mean, Biden puts out a budget, okay, $6.8 trillion. I mean, our, our population is, is barely growing now. And let's look at what this guy's. Why does government have to cost more every year? I'm a business guy. The expectations when I was in business that every product and service I created, I had to reduce my prices. Why can't government figure out how to get more efficient? Think of how much money we're spending on technology and all these things. Why can't we get more efficient? And by the way, if we get people off programs because we get them a job, isn't that good? Is it, doesn't it save us money? I mean, that's what I did as governor. I took us from nine, almost a million people on unemployment to 61,000 people in eight years when I was governor of Florida. Guess what happened? Costs went down. I want people to, to live the dream. So we only have 132 million people paying for all these federal programs. Take Medicare as an example. You know the money you pay in for Medicare? Do you think it's sitting there ready to be spent to take care of you? No. Same with Social Security. They've spent that money. So we have 132 million people that we have to figure out how do we pay for 80 million people on Social Security, 80 million people on Medicare, 40 million people on food stamps, 40 million people on, on, on Medicaid, 7 million people get them an Obama phone every year. This is This doesn't work. It does not work the way we're doing it. Senator Rick Scott from Florida on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. Senator, we've been following this crazy story. It's It's got a little bit of political tinge to it. Uh, this tennis superstar, Novak Djokovic, who's not being allowed into the country because he's unvaccinated. What's your take on that? Think about it. One of the healthiest people in the world, the top tennis player in the world, he's not putting Americans at risk by coming here. He's willing to take the risk of coming here, right? Uh, Biden said Obama uh, that COVID was over. What's the deal? I don't get it. Why would our federal government tell somebody that's so healthy that you can't come into this country and, com- and compete in a tennis tournament? Under what logical idea would that be? It makes absolutely no sense, and I, I appreciate you and, and Senator Rubio uh, writing a letter arguing that he ought to be allowed to fly into uh, the U.S. for the Miami Open. Of course, Governor Ron DeSantis, I said, I think he said he would run a boat from the Bahamas to, to get him. It's really sad, though, that we, we have come to this point in American history where we just throw logic and reason right out the window. I know. You, you stop and think about it. Where is the logic of defunding the police? Mm-hmm. Where is the logic of not teaching reading and writing and arithmetic? Where is the logic of judging people based on their skin care? Where is the logic of telling our kids that we, you know, you you were born into a, a racist country, a country that that was born on evil principles? Where is the logic of these things? Have an open border. There's no logic to what the Democrats are doing or what Biden is doing. We've got to get back to saying what makes sense. Live within the means. Make sure we have great jobs. Make sure we are safe. Make sure we have a secure border. Those are the logical things to do. But right now, with what's going on in D.C. with what Biden's doing to these Democrats, it's crazy time.
No, it is. And I appreciate you saying that because, again, we base our show out of my hometown, Memphis, Tennessee. We're a majority minority city, and we're watching critical race theory being put into action by our progressive city council. And it's a horrible thing. We have a George Soros district attorney here, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody in the country. Uh, but people, like you said, need to wake up and understand what the, what these progressives are doing to this nation. Todd, you know what I don't get? Why aren't Americans more mad? Why aren't they mad about inflation? Why aren't they mad about 70,000 people dying of fentanyl over, overdose? Why aren't they mad about an open border? Why aren't, they, why aren't they mad about our military leaders teaching pronouns rather than the, how lethal we can be? I just don't. Right now, I think Americans are too complacent. We've got to stop and say, you know what? This is our country. This is not the, the D.C. crowd's country. I mean, this is, this is our country. What kind of country do we want? And so we're going to stand up for what we believe in. We're going to elect people that believe the way we do. And then we're going to make sure they do that job. And if they don't, we're not going to help them anymore. I tell people, when you go vote for somebody or you help them, would you hire them? If you wouldn't hire them, what are we doing? I mean, that's what we've given so much authority to our elected officials. You have to think about, oh, would I hire that person to run my life? Because guess what? They could raise my taxes. They could cause me not to be able to get a job. They could cause me our kids not to get good education. They cause me not to have police come come to my house. I'm, I think we ought to really be thoughtful and be very aggressive about who are we are hiring to run our country. Because that's all these jobs like I have in the Senate. This is a job. I have a six-year job. I'm hired to help run this country. So I should be doing exactly what I tell you. And that's why I tell people when I see back, I said, We've got to go start governing the way we campaign. If we do, we're going to win more elections. I couldn't have said it better. And, Senator, we we need more lawmakers like you up in the Senate with that mindset. So good luck on the reelection campaign. Uh, God bless you, and you've always got a platform here on this program. Thanks, Todd. Have a great day. All right, you too. Senator Rick Scott, everybody, from the great state of Florida. And, I mean, look, the guy, he would be a great – he would be a great majority leader once the Republicans take control of the Senate again. I I I like the way this guy thinks. All right, we got to take a break here. A lot to unravel from Senator Scott's uh, comments there. We covered a lot of ground, uh, but the big key here is getting our spending under control, and the Republicans are going to have to hold the Democrats' feet to the fire. Also, we're going to have to hold the establishment Republicans' feet to the fire, and I suspect the House Street and Caucus members are, are going to be able to do that. Um, you know what? Before we go to break, I want to I want to jump to the phones. Can we go to Chris in North Carolina, WSIC? Chris, you just heard what the senator had to say. What say you? I say, how dare he question how mad the American people are? We can't even put into words how mad we are. But I don't know what he expects us to do. We go to the voting polls every time and vote for the most conservative people we got, which he's one of them. And far as I'm concerned, they hadn't done nothing since they've been there. So I have a problem with him saying the American people, he don't understand why the American people ain't more mad. What does he want us to do? Well, it looks, What would he like us to do? Uh, well, look, Chris, Senator Scott's one of the good guys. Remember, he went up against Mitch McConnell. He went yeah. toe-to-toe with Mitch. So he's the good guy here. And I think what we have to do is get out and vote. We have got to, we have got to be smart about who we cast our votes for. And we do. 
and, and, and we do, Todd, but you got to understand, we, we have been hearing this for years. They, they're proving all this stuff that the Democrats did, and nothing, nothing is happening. And, and so for him to get on there and to say he don't understand the American people, we don't understand him. Well, I don't I, see how he can be a part of this. Yeah, no, no, Chris. I think I think that what he was saying is I, I don't think he understands how the American people can keep electing people like the McConnells of the world, and and, and that's that's got me scratching my head. But the reality is, the, a majority of conservatives are not going out and voting or engaging in the election process. That that's why we're in this in this predicament right now. Well, let me ask you something, Todd. Yeah. If the Democrats, if the Democrats can cheat on elections, can the Republicans not do the same? Well, look, Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, we didn't want Kevin McCarthy. That's true. But Kevin McCarthy, why so far he's putting on a good show, he is not conservative. And you said that yourself. That's true. But we've had to we've had to hold our breath and put him in there and hope he does the right thing. And I'm praying the man does. But what the senators in Washington have to understand, the American people out here like me, I'll speak for me, my family in North Carolina, we have voted for the right people in, but nothing has happened. Nothing has happened since Donald Trump. Nothing has happened. And, and that's why and Donald that's why we need Trump back in there, Chris. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So look, yes, sir. it's it's a I'm process. A Chris, I look, I, I hear you and I hear your frustration and I share your frustration and I share your anger. But but we have to be a little bit patient here. We got to get Donald Trump back in there so he can continue to fix this and to show these Republicans how to fight. Um, again, Kevin McCarthy, uh, we are holding him on a very short leash thanks to the House Freedom Caucus and those Freedom 20 that stood their ground and have not backed down. That's the only reason McCarthy is doing what he um, what he said he would do. So we're going to hold his feet to the fire. We got Senator Rick Scott. We've got Marsha Blackburn, Bill Haggerty, folks like that, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz in the Senate. And, and I think we're going to be able to turn this around. Uh, we got to, we got to run for a break, Chris. I appreciate the call. Folks, Chris says Americans are mad. Are you, do you agree? Do you disagree? Give us a call, 844-747-8868. That's a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, I got a question for you. Are you what is the age of retirement? If you're gonna if you're gonna retire, you're gonna call it a day, you're gonna head out to the golf course, you're gonna sit in the Barca lounger and do macrame. What is the what's the retirement age for you? Is it what, 65, 75? What about 80? At what age are you going to retire? I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Nikki Haley now says that we need to be raising the retirement age. Uh, Speaking at a town hall in Council Bluff, Iowa, this is from Newsmax, Nikki Haley says that there must be entitlement reform as the programs are headed for bankruptcy. Well, let me stop Nikki Haley for just a minute. This is not an entitlement. This is our money. You, You pay into Social Security. She says older Americans would not experience any cuts with the changes. She says this is for younger Americans. 
quote, you are formed their entitlements, but you do it in a way that you don't take anything away from seniors or people getting ready to retire. You focus on the new generation. According to CNN, former President Trump has been pressuring the GOP to support Social Security and Medicare. At CPAC, he accused Republicans of wanting to raise the minimum age of Social Security to 80 years old. He said they are, quote, out to cut Medicare to a level that it will no longer be recognizable. The Trump team did not name anyone, or President Trump did not name names, but the Trump team has publicly disagreed with Nikki Haley. Ron DeSantis is quiet on this particular issue. He previously supported non-binding budgets, privatizing Social Security, and increasing the retirement age. Well, here's the problem. The baby boom generation is right in the throes of getting all the Social Security. It is a massive swath of people. Baby boomers didn't procreate all that much. Uh, that's my generation, Generation X. And then my generation has has even uh, procreated at a much lower level than our than our the previous generation. And that's why there's just not much money. President Biden wants to shore up Medicare finances by increasing taxes on people making more than $400,000 a year, but you know it's going to be it's going to be more people than that. It's going to be more people than that. So my question is, what's the appropriate retirement age? What age are you thinking about calling it a day? And do you agree with Nikki Haley that we need to raise the retirement age to 70, 75, or 80? Or what about 85? Do you really want to be working until you're 80 years old? 844-747-8868. That's our number, 844-747-8868. No, I'm not retiring at all. I, You know what? My last day on the planet before hitting the pearly gates... It'll be behind a microphone. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Dr. Ben Carson coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. So happy to have you with us today. And we, I know we have a lot of people want to weigh in on Nikki Haley. We're going to get to your calls. Hang tight with us for a little while. Uh, by the way, our number, 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. A good friend of this program, Dr. Ben Carson, joins us. Dr. Carson, hope you're doing good. Very well. Always good to be with you. We're kind of like ships passing in the night. We were both at CPAC, and I missed you there. And then you were in uh, North Mississippi. A uh, huge, right. huge turnout there, uh, which of course is my. You know, I live in Memphis, and I missed you again, Doctor Carson. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I hear it was well, a great turnout at the event. It was great. A lot of uh, fantastic people. We're finding that all over the country. Uh, Good, solid Americans who think logically. All we got to do is get people to be a little more vocal, to stand up for what they believe in. I, I think we do. I think you're right. But the next time you come to Memphis, you got to let me know, and I'll take you out to some of the best uh, best eating places in town. 
Sounds good. All right. Good food down there. Yes, there is. Um, you know, Dr. Carson, we, we talk about trying to fix what's broken in America. And uh, you, I, I love this program, the American Cornerstone Institute. Uh, you guys launched a new series at CPAC called the Executive Branch for America series. Tell our listeners what you guys are hoping to accomplish. Well, you know, there are a lot of people who come in, you know, political appointees uh, to Washington, and they have no idea how things work there. And uh, so when I came, you know, I really didn't have any idea how things worked there either. A lot of people didn't. Uh, we learned very quickly, and we were able to get a lot accomplished. But we want people to be able to hit the ground running. So we created this program so that they can know how the executive branches work, uh, how the president's office works, the vice president, how all the agencies work, the OMB, uh, Domestic Policy Council, how they all intertwine, what you need to do to be able to get policy actually effectuated. Uh, Those things are so important, and you can waste a year or more trying to get acclimated to that. This program is designed to give you all of that information, and you can actually be certified. You know, it's free of charge, by the way. way. And that's the best part about it, uh, folks. By the way, AmericanCornerstone.org, AmericanCornerstone.org to to see the great work Dr. Carson and his team are, are doing. You know, I think back to when I was in in school uh, back in the 1980s, and you know, we were still getting civics classes in American government. But even then, I'm not sure we were doing the deep dive and truly understanding, you know, the founding principles. And and that's what you guys are doing is really helping build up that next generation of American patriots. That's exactly right. And and over the long term, we'd like to see more balance. Uh, in the executive branch, you know, what we have now are about 90% of people who lean in one direction because they live in the Washington, D.C. area. So they sort of absorb those Washington, D.C. politics. And that's probably partly our fault for setting things up and that we put all the agencies in one place. Obviously, we would have been much better off to disperse them throughout the country so that you get more representative feelings and the career people who work for the government. But, uh, you know, those are all things that, that we're working on. We, we've, we've got to get balanced because if you put people in a boat and they all lean to one side, the boat's going to tip over. You know, well, you're, you're right about that. Um, I, I remember the early days of CNN, back when Ted Turner um, built t- uh, CNN, and base the network in Atlanta, to your point. And at that, you know, in the early days, it was just a good, solid source of news and information. Then they moved to New York City and went completely bonkers woke. <laughs> but I think there is something to that, moving some of the uh, moving some of the cabinet positions outside of Washington, D.C., and, and getting those into other parts of the country. Yeah, because uh, we are a representative country, and the country is supposed to be of, by, and for the people. And that seems to be something that has been forgotten. We see, you know, all of these agencies like the CDC and NIH during the COVID thing. We know what's best for the people. Uh, So we don't really have to share the information with them and let them make the decision with their health care provider. We know what's best. You know, that kind of attitude is the precursor for totalitarianism. 
and we need to fight it. Dr. Carson, um, I, we, a couple of weeks ago, we had former uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin uh, come into Memphis and uh, was the keynote speaker at the Lincoln Dinner. And he talked about and really gave, um, it was really for me a come to Jesus meeting where he said, you know, the Republicans have to grow the tent and it needs to it needs to reflect the, the demographics, the population. And of course, Memphis is a majority minority city and we've got to do a better job of reaching out to minorities here in the city. But he said it cannot be pandering. This has to be authentic. It has to be real. How do you how do you suggest that Republicans grow the party and invite more minorities into the party? Well, I think they have to aggressively tell people what they are doing. You know, a lot of people in the minority community don't know what the Republicans have done uh, during the last administration. You know, you, you look at some of the programs that were enacted to help people get out of poverty, uh, to help people, you know, into college and universities, to help people who were incarcerated, uh, to be able to re-enter society in a positive way. Uh, I think very few people in the minority community even know about these programs uh, because they're not talked about by the mainstream media because they were good things. I, I thought it was fascinating here in, in Memphis, again, majority-minority, controlled by Democrats, and yet on a lot of the key social issues of the day, uh, including, for example, uh, Tennessee lawmakers just passed the, the ban on medical mutilation surgeries, you had a Democrat state rep in Memphis who voted with the Republicans because he said this is what his constituents wanted. So I think there are those moments, those opportunities, um, where um, – where people that might, you know, uh, not ever affiliate with the Republican Party might find some common ground. I, I think so. And and also pointing out some of the detrimental things that the left pushes. You know, teaching little black kids that they're victims and that they'll never realize their full potential because of the society we live in. How, how in the world is that useful? You know, you want people to have the can-do attitude not the what-can-you-do-for-me attitude. And that's one of the things that really attracted me to the Republican Party. You know, I grew up as a Democrat. Detroit, Boston, New Haven, Ann Arbor, Baltimore. And uh, then I did something you're not supposed to do. I listened to a Republican. That was Ronald Reagan. And I said, my God, this guy sounds just like my mother. He's talking the same kind of values and principles. And, uh, you know, I began to look more deeply into it and realize that that was ideologically uh, much more compatible with my thinking, particularly with my Judeo-Christian values. All right, folks, AmericanCornerstone.org, AmericanCornerstone.org. This is a treasure trove of information that is going to be so beneficial uh, to everyone, and I would encourage you to go in and check that out. Dr. Carson, looking to 2024, uh, there are we, – we don't know who's going to be running, aside from Nikki Haley uh, is in the race, Donald Trump in the race. What do you see as – what do you see happening? You think Donald Trump is going to be the nominee? Well, what I hope happens is that people recognize that this is an incredibly important election, and it is not about personalities. You've got to throw that out and recognize that this is about 
whether we're going to have a country that's people-centric or government-centric, and who is best able to make sure that we can keep the republic that Benjamin Franklin talked about when he came out of the Constitution Hall in 1787. He was asked, what do we have here, a monarchy or a republic? He said, a republic, if we can keep it. We're closer to losing it than we've ever been, and we need a messenger who is a true believer and who will fight very vigorously to make sure that we can keep it in the face of all the opposition. You think Donald Trump's that guy? I think he certainly would be one who could do it. Um, but, you know, let's let the process work. Let's listen to everybody. But, uh, you know, Trump has proven himself. Certainly has. Uh, certainly has. And uh, pick some great folks for the cabinet, uh, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we did have a, a, a very good working group and a very good working relationship. And we were able to get a ton of stuff done at HUD. Hmm. And you, you used to hear all the stories about all the fiscal mismanagement at HUD. If you're observing, you might have noticed that about a year and a half to two years into the Trump administration, you didn't hear those stories anymore. Um, they had not had an audit for eight years. There were so many material defects. We were able to get a terrific senior partner from Ernst & Young who really reformed the whole place. And that then allowed us to be able to get our programs done. You couldn't do them before because there was so much graph and stuff going on. So um, I would encourage people to, to look back at some of these programs like FYI, Foster Youth to Independence, how you take care of people after they age out of foster care. That was a, that was a disaster before we started that program. Uh, look at the opportunity zones and how you revitalize forgotten areas, you know, and you do things that work for everybody. A rising tide lifts all boats. That was a key factor in why we were able to be so successful Had the lowest unemployment rates for blacks and Hispanics, record lows for women. You know, those are the kind of things that happen when you enact policies that work for everybody, liberty and justice for all. That's it. All right. Well, Dr. Carson, we're going to leave it there. Always good hearing from you. Always good being with you. Thanks for being a patriot. All right. Dr. Ben Carson, everybody, from the AmericanCornerstone.org. That's AmericanCornerstone.org. All right. As promised, we're going to take a break. We're going to the phone lines. If you want to weigh in on what Dr. Carson had to say, also Nikki Haley says we need to raise the retirement age. Paul Shanklin, our good friend Paul Shanklin, uh, sent me a text message. I've got to read this to you. He makes a lot of sense, this one, Shanklin does. He says, I guess Nikki doesn't know any HVAC technicians or plumbers, welders, mechanics, you know, people who work with their hands and knees. If everybody could sit down at work, you could raise the retirement age, no problem. Fair enough. 844-747-8868. Folks, everyone is talking about one place for news. It's Newsmax. Love it. Watch it all the time. You'll be able to see me this afternoon, 345 uh, Central Time, 
on Chris Salcedo's show. You need to watch Newsmax. Liberals hate Newsmax for good reason. It's becoming one of the most popular channels in America. Every night, I watch Greta, Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greg Kelly. No surprise, Newsmax is already the fourth highest rated cable news channel and growing fast. You can get Newsmax on most cable systems. Just check your channel guide. If they don't carry Newsmax, well, switch to one that does. And remember, Newsmax is also free on streaming. Go to Samsung Plus, Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Apple, and more to tune in. You can even download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone and start watching now. Millions are making the switch to Newsmax. I made the switch. You can too because Newsmax is real news for real people. All right, folks, welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Program, 844-747-8868. That is our phone number. There's a weird story out of Nebraska. A lot of folks up there very upset. Nebraska sheriff is stunned. Apparently, a couple of illegal aliens shot and killed a bald eagle, which, by the way, is a protected animal and the national emblem of the United States of America. And they shot the bird because they were apparently hungry and wanted to eat America's emblem. So Congressman Mike Flood, very upset about this. Uh, Check out this audio. Joe Biden's reckless open border policies are having real world effects across America. It's turned every town in America into a border town. And now two illegal immigrants in Stanton County, Nebraska, just outside of Norfolk, shoot and kill what they say is a vulture. One of your deputies was dispatched to this location uh, regarding two suspicious men. What did they encounter when they arrived? When he had contact, neither one spoke English. Uh, A second deputy responded just as a cover officer. Ultimately, they were able to use an app on a phone they were asked what they were doing. They stated they shot a vulture. So he asked, can I see it? They took him and opened the trunk of the vehicle, and inside was a North American bald eagle with obvious trauma to the chest, and both feet had been cut off. What steps did you take? And talk about just what's been frustrating along the way. And I directed deputies to go ahead and cite them uh, because my own county attorney had showed interest that, hey, we got to do something. Uh, I reached out to the numbers that I could find for U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and I was unable to actually get a hold of anyone, but I felt it was necessary to at least get them charged locally. Uh, and hopefully they're either going to be prosecuted locally or if, if the federal authorities will take over, that's fine with us. We just want to make sure that something is done. If you could write the next chapter uh, with the federal government taking a lead role here and acting, what would be done if it was done according to your standards in law enforcement? What would happen next and how quickly would it happen? Well, I'd like to see if nothing else I'd like to see the federal authorities maybe reach out to some of us rural sheriffs. I would like to see if, the, if this would happen again, that we need to try and make it a more immediate. Uh, whether we detain them, jail them, they are here illegally, seize them, whatever it takes, but get something done in a quicker manner. Thank you very much, Sheriff. I appreciate all your effort and uh, for sharing this with us. And we will work on our side to get the federal government to do everything it can to not only bring these folks to justice, but build those relationships that you talk about, because if the border enforcement is not there, things like this are going to happen all over America, turning every town into a border town. 
They're killing our birds. They're killing our birds on American soil, ladies and gentlemen. Sheriff Unger is really upset about this, and he should be, because, ladies and gentlemen, we have an update. Turns out the illegals were let go. They were not bound over to the federal government. And by the way, when you kill a bald eagle, you have violated the 1940 Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act. So why were they let go? You can't even build skyscrapers in downtown areas if there's some sort of, I don't know, protected earthworm that's in the ground. But they're going to they're going to let a bunch of illegal aliens out of jail after they've killed the nation's national emblem. What's up with that, America? The only good news here is they were not able to eat the bird. They they found the, the dead bald eagle next to a pot. I guess they were going to boil it. Ooh, that sounds terrible. Anyway, the good news is they weren't able to eat the bird. They're not going to release crime scene video. They said that it's really bad. I imagine so. All right, uh, folks, we got to leave it leave it there. We're going to post that story up on our website, ToddSterns.com. You get out there. Have a great day, America. This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.